this morning, um, I'd like you to turn in your New Testaments, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and keep your Bibles open. And you'll notice inside of your worship folder, there's an outline. And if you'd like to follow along and fill in the blanks, feel free to do that. Um, outlines are good. First of all, it lets you know where we are in the sermon. And best of all, it lets you know we're almost done. So just keep track of that. But just keep your Bibles open. And let's have a word of prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you in the all-powerful name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. We thank you for this very special day in which we celebrate, maybe in a more dynamic way, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, your Son. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill this place with your presence, with your love, with your power, with your redemption, with your forgiveness. We pray that every one of us would be open to your word and receive what you have for us. We pray that you would take the words that are shared and multiply them like you did the, the fish and the loaves. And just help us to go away with our baskets overflowing with your goodness and grace. And so we turn this little time over to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A man was blissfully driving down the highway one morning, and he saw the Easter Bunny hopping across the road. Well, he swerved to avoid hitting the bunny, but he couldn't, and he hit the bunny right in front of him. The, the basket of eggs and candy went flying everywhere, and, and uh, the driver, very sensitive man, and he was also a, an animal lover, pulled over to the side of the road. He got out to see what had happened to that bunny that was carrying that basket. Much to his dismay, the colorful little bunny lay there dead. The driver felt guilty, and he began to cry. A woman driving down the highway saw that he was crying at the side of the road, and so she pulled over, got out of the car, and came over to him and said, What's wrong? And the man said, I feel terrible. I accidentally hit the Easter bunny, and I killed it. There may not be an Easter this year because of me. What should I do? And a woman said, don't worry about it. I know exactly what you should do. And she went over to her car, opened the trunk, and she pulled out a spray can. She came back and knelt down by that little bunny, and she began to spray until everything in that can was gone. Amazingly, the little bunny came back to life jumped up, picked up the basket, the eggs and the candy, and waved its paw at that human couple there, and then hopped down the road, got down about 20 yards and stopped and turned around and waved, and then hopped away another 20 or so yards, stopped and waved again. And the, the little bunny kept doing that until it was out of sight. Well, the man was totally astonished. He couldn't figure out what could possibly be in that spray can that the woman had. He said, what in heaven's name is in that spray can? Well, the woman turned the can around so that he could read the label. And it said, hairspray. <laughs> Restores life to dead hair. And adds permanent wave. <laughs> That's really a bad way to start out a message, isn't it? For the first time in a church. 
Well, what can I say? The point is, our culture is so filled these days with confusion. I mean, we send mixed signals all the time, even from the church. Santa Claus and Christmas. Easter bunny, Easter eggs, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, all in the same breath. It's so easy to get things mixed up. I read about a group of four-year-olds who were asked by their Sunday school teacher, does anyone know what today is? Well, one little girl raised her hand and said, teacher, today is Palm Sunday. That's exactly right, the teacher said. And then she went on and said, well, can any of you tell me what next Sunday is? And the same little girl raised her hand and said, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. Well, the, the teacher said, that's great. Now, can anyone tell me what makes Easter Easter or Easter Sunday Easter? And the same little girl raised her hand and she said, it's because... Jesus rose from the grave. But before the teacher could congratulate her, the little girl went on to say, but if he sees his shadow, he goes back in for seven more weeks. Well, let me go on record today and say that Jesus got up from the grave on that first Easter Sunday morning. He will never, ever be placed in a grave again. He's seated today at the right hand of God the Father as King of kings and Lord of lords. Today, we do not worship one whose body is in some grave, sepulcher, or tomb somewhere. We worship the one who rose again. He is risen. He is risen Absolutely. Holy Week, Palm Sunday, Easter Sunday, the resurrection serve as yearly reminders that Jesus died for our sins on Calvary's cross. He was buried, but on the morning of the third day, he rose from the dead. Paul, writing to a son in the faith, Timothy, said this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Never forget that Jesus Christ was a man born into King David's family and that he was raised from the dead. This is a good news I preach, Paul said. You see, the truth of the resurrection, whether we're aware of it or not, whether we're believers or not, touch every one of us in so many different ways. He is risen. That's what we celebrate this morning. And you know, when all the evidence is in, we're convinced that Jesus Christ is alive. He's risen from the dead. And what a difference that resurrection makes for every one of us. The 15th chapter that I ask you to turn to is a great resurrection chapter of the Bible. In that chapter, Paul begins by saying in verses 1 through 8, Now let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and still do now, for your faith is built on this wonderful message. And it's this good news that saved you if you firmly believe it, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the Scriptures said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, as the Scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve apostles. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died by now. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, Paul says, I saw him too, long after the others, as though I had been born 
at the wrong time. And with that introduction, it's kind of general. He goes on and becomes much more specific. It's as if he's writing to you and me, sitting right here on this Easter Sunday morning, and he says in verses 51 through 52, But let me tell you a wonderful secret God has revealed to us. Not all of us will die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blinking of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, the Christians who have died will be raised with transformed bodies. And then we who are living will be transformed so that we will never die. And with those words ringing in our ears, I want us to consider some of the changes, some of the transformations that the resurrection has already made for every one of us. First of all, the resurrection of Jesus has transformed the cross and the tomb. It's transformed the cross and the tomb. Think about the cross and the tomb this morning. You see, before his resurrection, the cross was known only as an instrument of horrible death. It was a rough, wood-soaked cross that was just filled with human blood. And this form of execution was so terrible that the Roman Empire prohibited the crucifixion of their own Roman citizens. Crucifixion was only for the worst of slaves and the enemies of the empire. But today... Because of his resurrection, we wear a a replica of a cross around our neck as a, a thing of beauty, a piece of jewelry. Today, the cross is seen as a symbol of hope, a reminder of God's love for us. What do you think of when you walk into a service like this and you look up and see a cross? You know, that's a beautiful cross. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing, but it doesn't come close to the cross that Jesus Christ was crucified. But he transformed that. And I think about that in in our lives as well. You know, our lives were so beat up, so torn up, so torn apart, so many things wrong, and, and Christ comes into our lives, and all of a sudden they're changed. And like the old Gaither song, he makes something beautiful. And, and he does that in every one of our lives. And what about his tomb? Before the resurrection, the grave was looked upon as the the final chapter, the closing of a door, the end of the story, of everything. But because of his resurrection, we can rejoice that today, beyond death, is where life really begins, not where it uh, ends. That makes you wonder, doesn't it? Why we spend so much time trying to accumulate things when things really don't matter that much. Dale Evans once said, I spent most of my life searching for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And then I finally found it at the foot of the cross. All our lives, it seems, we we work so hard and we struggle so much to accumulate things that we think are important. But when we're dealing with death and the end of life and what happens after death, then all these things really seem so unimportant. What difference does it really make what kind of car we drive or what kind of house we live in or the brand of clothes that we wear? If we're talking about eternity, then what difference do things really make? On one side of the resurrection, everything is 
is basically temporary. Only the things we cannot actually see are eternal. What a difference the resurrection has made. Secondly, the resurrection of Jesus has transformed time. It's transformed time. Before the resurrection, time was such a limited thing. And the truth is, none of us sitting here today knows exactly how much time we have left to live. The Bible says your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. You have no guarantee that you'll see tomorrow, let alone next year. You know, all you're really guaranteed of is today. And we don't even know for sure that we're going to make it to the end of the day. Life truly is brief. In fact, sometimes at night when I'm washing my face and I look in the mirror and I think, my goodness, I look old. But with a good night's sleep, ah, maybe I'll look better tomorrow. And then I hear a still, small voice in my mind. Don't count on it, Larry. This is the best it's ever going to be. And that's really discouraging, isn't it? I mean, you see, time is slipping by. It goes so fast, it's hard to hold on to anything for any length of time. On one side of the resurrection, time is brief. But on the other side of the resurrection, there is Jesus and all eternity. And that changes the whole purpose, the perspective, the meaning of our lives. The resurrection of Jesus has also transformed life. It's transformed life. Have you been listening to the voices out in our world today? Have you been hearing the voices of hopelessness and despair that seem to be so prevalent, so pervasive in our society these days? Suddenly, right here in America, we become so painfully and personally aware of the presence of terrorism. Paris, France, yeah? And then, just a few years ago, the Trade Center. And then... Not that long ago, right over in San Bernardino, and then this last week in Brussels. And the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians goes on and on. The Middle East, what a mess. But you don't have to just go to the Middle East. How many of you are talking to your travel agent about a, a vacation this summer to uh, North Korea? Anyone here? You see, not only that. But think about the diseases for which we have no cure, like this latest thing, the Zika virus, and there are problems in our home. Children are being abused. People are sleeping on our streets. And if you watch and listen very long, it's so easy to become despondent and filled with despair and hopelessness. And if the only hope that we have is the hope that this world gives us, then friends, we have no hope at all. Because the message of this world is bleak and it's filled with despair. In contrast, Jesus said, I've come to give you life. But not just to give you life, but to give you life more abundantly. A life with meaning and purpose and direction and power. And that life is available to any of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Knowing Jesus Christ and the power of His resurrection. And finally... The resurrection of Jesus has transformed not just life, but death. Before the resurrection, death was the absolute end. 
Before the resurrection, death was the final curtain call. It was the end of the story. Before the resurrection, all we could do was mourn as those who had no hope. But after the resurrection, when someone dies, even a believer, absolutely we have pain, we hurt, we're human. That's just the way we're put together. But friends, we have lost a loved one. Here's the good news. We mourn as people who have great hope because Jesus Christ is alive. And Scripture tells us because He's alive, we too can live forever if we put our faith in Him. Our sins are forgiven by His shed blood. And we have the promise of everlasting life. It changes the whole concept of death and life. In Henry Garrity's book, Portraits of Perseverance, Carl was a very wealthy landowner, owned a tremendous amount of land, and one of the favorite things he did was he would love to get on his horse and ride across his land and go out into the valleys and just kind of pat himself on the back and congratulate himself for being such a wealthy man. One day, as Carl was riding along, he came up over a hill, and in the distance he saw one of his tenant farmers there. He was an old man by the name of Hans. It was lunchtime, and Hans had set a little table down underneath a tree, and he was getting ready to eat. But before he ate, he just bowed his head and folded his hands, and he began to pray to the Lord. He thanked God for his food. Well, Carl, by this time, had gotten up pretty close, and he heard the old man praying. And then he looked at his meal. It was only a slice of homemade bread and a piece of cheese. And with a sneer, Carl said, If that's all I had to eat, then I wouldn't waste my time praying. And Hans humbly replied, It's enough. And I'm thankful to God for providing it. Surprised by the old man's answer, Carl just turned his horse around and started to ride off. But old Hans said, Wait a minute, wait a minute. I I have something I, I need to tell you. Last night, I had a dream. And there was this beautiful, serene scenery that I saw there. And I heard a voice saying, Tonight, the richest man in the valley will die. Tonight, the richest man in the valley will die. Poppycock, Carl said, and he he, he rode off toward home. But as he was riding along, he just couldn't get those words that he had in his head that old Hans had said, Tonight, The richest man in the valley will die. Well, it's kind of interesting. Up to this point, Carl had really felt good. And all of a sudden, he began to feel some pains in his chest. He wondered, could it possibly be true? Am I going to die tonight? When he reached home, he called his doctor, who happened to be a friend, and he he told him of old Hans' dream about how he said the richest man in the valley was going to die that night. And and he said, I've started to have these pains. Could you come by and and give me a checkup? And so the doctor said, yeah, I'm sure everything is fine, but I'll come by. And uh, so the doctor stopped that evening. And he examined them, and he said, Carl, you are as healthy as a horse. There's no way that you're going to die tonight. And uh, Carl said, well, I, I really feel foolish about what old Hans said, but I, I just couldn't get it out of my mind, and I, I thank you. So reassured, Carl went to bed. The next morning, there was a knock on Carl's door. 
He went to the door, and there was a messenger there, and he said, Carl, old Hans died last night. Truly, the richest man in the valley died last night. You see, Paul wrote, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God, he gives us victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Before the resurrection, things seem so important. But after the resurrection, we realize things are not important at all. Before the resurrection, time was so limited. But now, there is all eternity in front of us. Before the resurrection, life was filled with despair. But now, it has purpose. It has meaning. It has direction. It has power. Before the resurrection, death was the absolute end. But now, it's just the beginning. Friends, Easter Day, Resurrection Day, is the most significant day in the history of mankind. Were it not for Easter, our world would be unrecognizably different. Because of the resurrection, we know that Jesus is who he said he was, who he claimed to be. The Bible says that he is God incarnate. He's God in the flesh. He has the power over death. But even more important to us right now, he has power to give you a life that has meaning and direction. If you will just put your faith in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And when you do, you can become a part of his forever family. But Easter and the resurrection will only really make a difference in your life if you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, some of you are probably thinking, you know, Pastor Larry preached that message for all the sinners. But, you know, I I had two focuses here. First, for anyone who doesn't know Christ as his or her Lord and Savior. Secondly, for everyone who knows Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Guess what? That's every one of us. You see, there may be someone here today, I have no idea, but I'm not going to end the service until I've given everyone an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. There may be someone here who's never made that decision. So I'm going to tell you how easy it is to do. First of all, it's as simple as admitting that you've sinned. We hate the term sin in our world. Man, I'm not a robber. I'm not a murderer. I'm not an adulterer. I'm a good person. Well, you know what? Sin, as it's mentioned in the Bible, simply means to miss the mark. It it was an archer who took aim at the target, let go, but missed the mark, missed the target. Sin is just missing the mark. Let me ask you a personal question. How many of you have missed the mark within the last year at least one time? I'm going to pray for the rest of you who didn't raise your hand. Yeah, we we all have. Every one of us has been a sinner. We've all fallen short of God's grace. So, We're all in the same boat there. And secondly, Scripture tells us that um, all we have to do is ask for forgiveness and then ask Jesus to come into our life. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
And if you open your heart's door, I will come in and fellowship with you. And Scripture tells us, he who has the Son has life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so all you have to do is ask for forgiveness, ask Christ to come into your life, and he will. And when he does, he gives you everlasting life. It's a win-win deal. How many of you know that's a good thing? But somewhere along the line, we have to simply be willing to say, I've blown it. I've messed up. And then ask for forgiveness. But what about the rest of us? And probably the majority of us by far today are Christians. We're believers. We know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. But you know something I've discovered? We don't always live at this level in our relationship to the Lord. Sometimes we kind of slip. I found that Life is kind of like an escalator. If we're not careful, we just start to slip and slide. And so this morning, on Resurrection Sunday morning, I can't think of a better time than to say, Jesus Christ, you know, I've, I've blown it. I messed up. I haven't been right where I should be. I haven't gone out and done anything terrible, but I, I'm just not right where I should be. And I want to be in the center of your will. And so I want to ask you to forgive me and fill me with your spirit once again. So I want all of us to just bow our heads right now. And if you're here this morning and you have never given Jesus the opportunity to be Lord in your life, then I want to give you that opportunity today. And even if you're here and you're not sure that you're in a right relationship as far as salvation, I want to give you that opportunity right now. So with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar this morning. You can just relax with that because the whole sanctuary is an altar. Lord, we come before you in the saving power in the name of Jesus Christ. And if there's anyone here in the service who is never received you as Lord and Savior, or aren't sure, I pray that right now they would just admit that they're a sinner. And just say, Lord, I'm sorry for where I've gone wrong and what I've done. And now I ask you to forgive me. But I not only ask you to forgive me, but I ask you to come into my life and fill me with your power, with eternal life, but life and direction right now. Holy Spirit, just touch anyone here like that today. Lord, for the rest of us who may be in, a, in the body of Christ, we know you as our Lord and Savior, and yet we've kind of eased up in some ways. We've kind of pulled back. We, we're not involved the way we used to be. And right now we feel, I want to get right in the center of your will. I want to be right where you want me to be, right where I want to be. I pray that you would just come right now. And if there's any sense of guilt, I pray that you would just take that away from anyone right now. And through your grace, you would just touch us and let us know that you've never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've always been there for us, and we thank you for that. Now fill us with your power. Give us strength to be on top when we've been on the bottom. Strength to make the right choice when we made the wrong in the past and move forward in the center of your, your will. And we're going to give you power, honor, and glory.
for everything that you have done and what you're doing right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. He is risen. He is risen indeed.